Our loving Father, as we attempt to teach and receive a blessing, please be with us. Help the minds be open and readily to absorb and help me to say the right words and that I don't forget something that's important. Please help me, Lord. Amen. If you got an email with the handouts, I sure hope you printed it out. If you did not print it out, I only have one, and I'm not sure if they have. How about, am I on this thing? Okay, I'm going to put it right here for now while I talk, and you can take notes. There's a few basic ingredients that most of them are readily available in your kitchen. Uh, oils, coconut oil, palm oil, olive oil. There's a large variety of oils that we can use, but you have to know what you're doing. I am personally a dump cook. Have you, are you one of those that don't measure in your kitchen? Well, this is not a recipe you want to dump cook. This is a recipe you want to measure and make sure it's precise because it's a chemistry, and I'm not a chemist, I'm just mom. But this is the chemistry of combining the triglycerides, the fatties, and the oil with the lye and making it into a salt, okay? When I'm at home, I don't wear gloves. <laughs> but I am to teach you safety as well. When you're first learning, you get nervous, you're fumbling, you're not unsure what you're doing. So for my nervousness sake, I am going to wear them. I do recommend if, if you're injury or prone to break or fall or be safe. Lie does eat a hole in your skin, okay? I have everything here pre-measured. I kind of cheated at home because I'm trying to cram everything in this glass. So can you see this recipe? Let's see. Okay. We have 12 ounces of coconut. 17 ounces of olive oil and 10 ounces of palm. On the right here, there's a, several scales. Thank you, Jacob. There's a scale of different saponifications, different values that you can do. If you want your soap really harsh, like a laundry soap, and you want it to take all the oil off your clothes, then you make it a lot harsher. If you want a basic soap, like a bathing soap, then you want a milder soap. Something that's going to leave some oil back in your skin because as we wash, we wash our natural oils off. So you want something that's going to leave a little bit of extra oil in your skin to moisturize. If you use our soaps, you won't need lotion very often because it naturally will leave a percentage. I see, you see they're highlighted, number seven. That's the saponification standard that we're going to use. We're going to leave 7% of the oil in our batch without binding into a salt so it, it'll be free-floating in the soap. I don't want you to think, ooh, slimy soap. It's not going to be like that. But it's going to be free-floating in your soap. And when you wash, it's going to leave some oil on your skin. It's not going to dry you out. Okay, the reason I started making soap is because my husband in the military got heavy metal poisoning. And we started doing all these studies. Where are we getting these heavy metals? Where is this coming? 
So I, I, I researched everything, our well water, our pipes, our toothpaste, our foods. I know it wasn't in our foods. And then when I discovered soap, it's like, wow. All those beautiful colors that you buy in soaps, they're oxides, they're rust from different minerals, mica, so it's called. Children, do you realize that your skin is an organ just like your mouth? Every little cell is a mouth. So when you bathe with these soaps, you're ingesting that in your skin. So that's why I started making soap, because I wanted to know what was in my soap. I wanted to make sure that I was getting the best for, that we needed. It doesn't have any arsenic or any lead or any um, mercury, none of that. And even the soaps that you buy that have fragrances in them, these fragrances are something that we don't want. Fragrances, this, I got this off a website. Fragrance oils may contain a percentage of natural essential oils, but due to the cost of this, they're made of synthetic materials now and manufactured. There's more than 3,000 materials that can be used to create fragrances, and they don't tell you what it is because it's a trade secret. They don't want you to know. But these um, fragrances contain phthalate, and phthalate is a group of synthetic chemicals that are used in many things, including making plastic more flexible. Do you want to be that on your inside? I don't. So let's get started. We have liquid soap, I mean, I'm sorry, we have liquid oils, and then we have solid oils. So the trick to working faster, because I have a mom of seven, and I'm always on the go, what I have discovered, that I use part water and part ice. And that, when we're making soap, you want your oils at a certain temperature and your lye solution at a certain temperature. If you printed out my flyer, <laughs> when you get home, it'll probably still be there. You can download it and print it. Um, you want to have your both liquids around 100 degrees. So we're going to start, if my stove is hot, and there we go. Start warming that up. Sorry, I gotta take these till I do the lie. <laughs> what I have learned to do is I melt my solid oils first. And when those are just about done melting, then I go ahead and add my olive oil. And that will help to cool down my solid oils. They're in the liquid state so I can work faster. It's getting hot. So here we go. We have 12 ounces of coconut. And you, the oils, it's good to be close. It doesn't have to be extremely precise. I have a friend that makes a lot of soap. She learned from me, and she's a chef. So she just went to my class, and she, instead of weighing things out, she measured things out. Okay, this is a, a cup and a half, and that's how she makes soap. This is my son, Jacob. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and continue while he helps me here. We have palm oil. Something that 
you want to learn, and you will learn each different oil has a different saponification value. I don't do just different oils for the sake of having different oils. You do different oils because each oil will incorporate something a little different. One will be more sudsy, one will be more gentle to your skin, while the other one will be emollient like the olive oil. It will leave your skin feeling smooth and there we go. But each one combines different with the lye. So you have to, you just can't substitute, um, for example, I can't substitute olive oil with sunflower oil, even though they're both liquid. You have to know what the saponification value if you want to get consecutive results. Like today I learned in the grafting class that if you want Golden Delicious, you have to get a twig from the Golden Delicious because it's only one. So if you want to get consecutive results and you want the results to be the same each and every time, you want to have a good saponification value scale. And those are available online. If you get that handout printed out on the very top, or you can write note now, it's called thesage.com. They have a lie calculator that if you want to create your own blend of oils to make your own soaps, you can go there and say, okay, I have three ounces of olive oil, two ounces of babasu oil, and three ounces of sunflower oil. How can I make this into a bar of soap? And it'll tell you how much lye to use, how much water to use. So you can... You don't have to be precise and follow this recipe. You can play with it. And that's something I encourage. Have fun. Do it in a safe manner. I sure hope this hurries. <laughs> They've been in the car where it's nice and cold. Okay, while we're giving that a couple of minutes, we're going to go ahead and start with the lye. On the lye, as I said, I have a few ounces of water and a few ounces of ice to speed up the cooling process. Lye is very harsh. There is not a color, a natural color, like you say, oh, I want some really pretty green soap, so I'm going to put some um, peppermint leaves in my soap. The lye will current burn that up. The lye will kill your green. It'll be brown, okay? It'll still have the nice peppermint scent, but lye is very hard. What I have done in the past is I make a batch of soap with no scent, no additives, nothing in it other than soap. Once it's solidified and done, then I shred it and I rebatch it, and then when the lye is you know, wasted or killed or out of there, then I can add some herbs and it does not damage the color as much. Okay, we are still working here with the, can you see it's melting, but it's just kind of slow. I didn't think to bring it in earlier to make sure it was, while that's working, let's work on the next project. Now, the next step is the dangerous part, children, but I want you to pay close attention because it can be done safely. As you see, I have things that are very basic that are found in your kitchen. This is an old vinegar container. I bought vinegar to clean out my washer. 
and I cut the top off. Or you can use a pitcher, but I didn't have a pitcher big enough for your lye solution. When I'm at home, I do this normally in the kitchen. And I tell my children when the lye is mixed and cooling off, I have lye on the counter, stay away. Or I have lye in the sink, stay away, okay? I've, like I said, I've had seven children, so I've had to deal with this with the children. I recommend a good accurate scale. Let's talk a little bit while we're waiting on this. Some of the tools that are indispensable, an accurate scale. This one I've had for years, and it has a tear button. A tear function means that I can put five pounds on it and press this button, and then the scale thinks there's nothing on it. So I can put my pot on it, and I can measure things straight in the pot without being weighed, the pot being weighed, only the ingredients. And that's really helpful to have, but not necessary. Something else that I found to speed up my process is a good stick blender. Can you hear that? Where's the mic? Um, this is whipping that mix really fast, a lot faster than I can do it. I have taught Amish how to make soap, and they don't have electricity, so they use one of those old-fashioned crank. Do you play with one of those in the bathtub? Mine does, my little girl. She's got one of those to place in the bathtub. I've made soap with one of those. It helps. Okay, other tools. You want a nice long spatula. Everything that you use needs to be silicone. I, I don't recommend wood. I have used wood, but sometimes the lye will leach the color off the wood. So you want a good, I bought this one at a commercial uh, restaurant supplier. I've made soap for many years, so I've developed my own things, my own needs. You can buy beautiful soap molds, but I found them impractical. Because when I make soaps, I make 50 bars of soap plus. So having a whole table full of these little beautiful molds doesn't do me any good. I gotta have it quick and I got, so here it is, here's my secret. Three inch PVC pipe, and you can find in the plumbing section these little caps, if I can remove it. They're called test caps, test cap. They use these to test the pipes to make sure they don't leak. And I have a really fancy contraption called a sandwich bag that acts like my my gasket, okay? So I put that on top of the test cap. I have had soap spill many times. And I take my tube and I push it down and it's good and tight. And there's my lid or my bottom. And this will probably make, I normally cut my soaps in about one inch bars. That's about probably 16, 18 inches. So depending how full we make it, I can make 14 bars of soap in one sitting. And then I made this before we come because the one I have has four or eight. And I needed just one. Something to stabilize. And something else we use are towels. Why do you need all towels, all blankets, no comforter? Once we pour the soap in here, we're going to cover it up and we're going to let the lye and the oil combine. And it needs to be hot. This tube gets pretty warm. So you want to keep it warm. You want to cover it up. You want to cover it like you would a baby. Keep it. And I have, I had a closet in the laundry room that I made these to fit right on the bottom shelf. So I make the soaps, wrap it up, and put it in the shelf, and 
Two days later, I go touch the tube. Once the tube was room temperature, then I knew my soap was done. But you want to keep it covered. And you don't have to have this, okay? If you want to just make soap in your kitchen and you want to try it, I don't want to invest any money, you want a glass. And just find one that's flared out so you can actually pop that soap out. You don't want it to be coming in. You want it to be sloping out so you can pop it out. Okay, so we're getting there. If I try to break these up, it'll help. If you ever, have, if you ever want to try beeswax, shred your beeswax. And the best way to shred your, bees, we, shred your beeswax is oil your shredder a little bit and then get that shredder working. And when you oil the shredder, it helps to clean it off afterwards because otherwise you're going to have to wash some pretty hot water. But if you oil it, it helps to shed some of that beeswax off. There is a staff-making class. I'm not sure when, but if you can attend that, I would, that would benefit you because part of the process for soap making is infusing oils, and she's probably going to go over that in that class. How we infuse oil, you take the herb and you put it, for example, in olive oil, and you leave it there for one, two weeks. Every week, every day you shake it to make sure that herb is being moisturized by the oil and you're slowly going to see that oil change color. And personally, I like to use dry herbs. I don't want to incorporate any moisture or any mold. I, I have heard, I've never done it because I always use dry, that when you're doing that, sometimes you get a layer of scum of mold on the top and people just take it off and use the oil. I prefer not to do that. So I, I've always used dry herbs. Let's go ahead and start with the lye. This is moving along here. Something very, very, very important in this process is that you want to measure your liquids first. Then you add your lye, your solid, to your liquid. If you ever add your liquid to your lye, it'll be like a volcano, okay? Don't want that. You'll be hurting, you, you can go blind from lye. Praise God, I've never had it good in my eyes. I have had it good in my skin. And I just rinse it off in the sink, but I'm usually next to water. So we're gonna add 10 ounces of ice. And they were so kind, they probably gave me twice as what I needed. Have you enjoyed the meals? I'm really thankful and I let them know. They've been very kind to us. Okay, so I've got let me move a little closer. I've got my little scale here. This scale is small. It, it, I can only weigh 20 pounds on it. So can you see that somewhat? No. Okay, there we go. So here's my button. Now I'm going to tear it and it'll clear it out to zero. And that's nice. I don't have to try to calculate. We're going to do about 10 ounces of ice. Okay. We're almost a little bit over, which is fine. Let's see what we can do. Nine and a half ounces. Okay, good enough, 905. So we're gonna call that nine ounces of ice. And tear it and add our water. And we're gonna add four ounces of water. Now I can't get the water out once I put it in, so I better quit talking and pay attention. Okay, thank you, Lord. 
four ounces on the dot. That is good. I'm gonna turn my scale off and pull it aside. And I have my lye already weighed out from home. I have 5.51 ounces of lye. You used to be able to buy just lye at Home Depot or Lowe's in the plumbing section called Drano. Now they add colors to that, so you can't use that. You have to try to find it online, but then you have to pay high price for shipping because it is caustic. There's several people that, if you're in a big city, sometimes they'll be a um, big supplier for chemical suppliers. Some, some farm suppliers carry it. Here's the NAOH, the technical name, or you just call it lye or potassium sodium hydroxide, sorry, sodium hydroxide. Potassium hydroxide is used for liquid soaps. I'm making solid soap. I'm making bars. These are, this is what our soaps are going to look like without the label. Today we are making this one right here. It's got oatmeal, tea tree, and oats, and honey, well oatmeal. Okay, here we go. I want you to see how quickly this ice will melt. You want to be really consistent with stirring. You don't want any big chunks of lye to sit in the bottom of your lye solution because then when you put that, and I'm going to take this off the stove because it is done. Um, you don't want to incorporate any big chunks of lye on there. I'm going to carefully take this off. It's hot. Okay. So you see, we still have one little chunk right there, but that'll melt soon enough. Let's go ahead and get this line here. And get stirring. You don't want to breathe that stuff. I've actually seen water boil. One of the soaps that I make, I incorporate different fruits in it. I put citrus in it, I put orange, grapefruit, lemons, lime, and I take all those in my blender and I grind them up. And when I put the lye in it, it gets this beautiful orange color, but I've seen it boiling. Yes, right in this jug. So you want a good, strong, hard plastic. Let's go ahead and add our olive oil in here. And Lilia, you keep me on track, on time. I don't want to run out. I want to make sure that you really thoroughly understand what we're doing because it could be harmful if you don't. Yes, Jacob. I would try to find a hard plastic. This in particular is a um, vinegar jug that I cut open. You don't want to use something like this. This will probably cave in. Glass would be great, but um, I guess if you use a gallon, you know, a gallon jug, and you want a wide mouth, you want to be able to have access to it. Something also that I found helpful, but not necessary, because I don't want to stick my finger in there to check the temperature, is a little thermometer. And these, they're not expensive, and you, you do have to uh, calibrate them because your children do play with them and change the calibration on it. So I'm, what I'm trying to achieve there 
you saw that I put the olive oil and it was a little solid and now it's all liquid. I'm trying to achieve even close to even temperatures. I might not be real patient today because I have a lot to cover, but I like it to be nearly 100 degrees. And as right now we're over 100, we're about 112. Okay, we almost got to 120, about 118. Each oil has, I am just mom, okay, but each oil has different viscosity. That's a big word for everybody, especially the little one. Viscosity means thickness. So you want to be thorough with your mixing. That's vital. It's very important. So when I put different oil in here, I want to mix it because otherwise I don't get a good accurate reading on my temperature. If you don't have a thermometer, a good way to gauge is just put your hand on the side of the pop. But if you just had it on a hot plate, it might not be as... Yeah, you're still a little warm. Okay, both are about 118 degrees, and I'm going to go ahead and put it together. If you wanted to wait at home, oh, here's some of the problems. Let's, let's go this route. Here's some of the problems that I've come across. My light is too cold, and my oils are too hot, and I, I'm, I'm in a hurry. I got to be at the doctor's office in half, in 45 minutes. I put this in a hot water bath or in a sink full of hot water, and I put this in a sink full of cold water. It'll cool this down or heat this up. Whatever you need to do, you can control it with water on the outside of your container. Before I put that together, let's get our additives. I got tea tree in here. This is one ounce of tea tree. And I don't just put essential oils because they smell good. I put essential oils because they do something to the soap. Tea tree is an antibacterial, antiviral, and it just works good on fungus. My husband uses this soap for shampoo. That's all he uses. I've had people with um, really bad eczema or skin conditions use this. I've had family members that have psoriasis and for years have used medicine. They started using the soap and no more medication because it, it moisturizes the skin and gets rid of that problem. I want to make sure we have things ready here. You want to stir vigorously. It's going to be loud. So give me a few minutes once I, lie, once I add the lye. And again, you don't have to have a stick blender, but it sure helps. You can see starting to thicken already. You want it to be a consistency of real runny gravy. That's starting, it's called a trace. It's called a light trace. At a light trace is when I add my honey. And I normally add approximately a tablespoon of honey to one pound of soap. So 16 ounces of soap, one tablespoon of honey. Don't experiment and add more. It does not work. You'll have an oozing soap, okay? Hun one tablespoon per pound. 16 ounces of soap to one tablespoon of honey. That's the best that I've found. 
I'm gonna keep stirring. One thing that I have learned, trial and error, toward the end, I try not to lift my stick blender out of here and incorporate soap bubbles because then when you cut your soap, you'll see a bunch of holes in it. Now I'm not making bread. I don't need to have light, fluffy soap. I want a nice, dense bar of soap that's gonna hold up to water. I have a question. Yes. Um, I make soap at home, and I've tried the, the round um, PVC pipe. Yes. How do you get it out without Good putting question. something on the inside? I'll tell you how to do that. Okay. I, once my soap is ready, I, I've cut those sides to fit my freezer. I put my entire pipe, I take the lid off the bottom, and I put the pipe in my freezer. After it's saponified, after it's a solid loaf of soap. When the pipe is cool, when it's ready to be taken out, I put that in the freezer overnight. Then I get the loaf or the tube out, and I get a... 16 or 14 ounce can of green beans or whatever you have in your kitchen, put it on my counter, put the pipe on top of it, and give it about 45 minutes or so to sweat as the soap freezes and then it thaws out. It'll sweat in between the layers of the soap and the pipe and that'll help to slide it out. And then just, just wait, give it a few hours for it to fully thaw out and then cut it. Okay, I gotta keep going here. We, we have a goal to make soap today. Um, we recently started making soap and we get the lye at Walmart and it's not, it's pretty cheap, it's not that costly. You get the lye? Yeah, we get the lye at Walmart. Um, Where? Walmart. Walmart in what Walmart section? And I think, I'm not sure because my dad goes for it. Okay. But I think it's in the plumbing section and it's 100% okay. lye. And for those that didn't hear, she, they've been able to find lye at Walmart, possibly the plumbing section. If you're by the sink, sometimes I take this to the sink. I got this full of water and I put it in here and then just clean it out. Very simple to clean out. I'm just going to lay it down so we don't tip over. Okay, I want you to see, this is... I've purchased books on soap banking and I purchased one just because I needed to see this picture. So I want you to see it without buying the book. You see this? This is trays. When I take this and I drape it over, you can see the lines on top. Can that be seen? Can the, is the light just right? Can you see that? How it's kind of thick and you have soap floating. You see the line of soap? That's trays. At this point, I can add my additives. At this point, you can add your herbs, your ground up oatmeal, your tapioca pearls, your turmeric, your charcoal, whatever you want to color, add scent, whatever you want to rub on your skin. For this recipe in particular, we've chosen oatmeal and honey because it's our favorite. We use this well round for poison ivy, bug bites, acne, dandruff, you name it. We always resort to the tea tree oil. Some people like whole oats. I, like, I prefer mine ground up. Like when you have chicken pox, you may 
you know, put it into a sock and you put that, how soothing that is for your skin in a hot bath. So I'm going to add this recipe totals 39 ounces of oil. So I am going to add two tablespoons approximately because it's quite thick. I do recommend that you, when you're in your kitchen, some books will tell you only have things for soap making, only use it for soap making. And I'm thinking, why? I'm making soap. I wash my dishes with soap. What's wrong with soap in my cooking pot? What I do do after I make the soap, I let my pot sit so it solidifies the soap that's left that I didn't scrape off. And then I fill my pot with water. And the next time I'm washing laundry, I dump. I'm very frugal. I'm a penny pincher. I've had seven children. You got to save money. So I take that water and I put it in my wash. Wow, my clothes turned out nice and soft. That's the best. So every time I do it that way, I, I let the soap finish up, you know, the leftover in the pot, and then I add it to my laundry. How are we doing on time, Lilia? You doing good? Okay. And I want to be honest with you. I used up all my tea tree oil for my samples, and I only had three quarter ounces of tea tree left, and we needed a whole ounce, so I got a quarter ounce of lavender in here. But for the most part, I would use 100% tea tree. Lavender and tea tree is a good blend. I like that too. Lavender is very soothing. You can put lavender on a baby's feet straight to get them to relax and take a nap, or, or even on your own feet. But you know, that's not mild, that you can do it on an infant. Any other questions? Well, we have a few minutes here. At this point, when you incorporate your essential oil, I recommend that with some oils, not all essential oils, you work rather quickly. Some essential oils, like orange, for example, will almost solidify your soap right in the pot. So you want to move and get it in your molds fairly. Okay, I want to see that again. You see that trace, you see that. At, that's just right. At this point, we're going to put it into our mold and let it rest. So I have a question. What was that um, website you said earlier about getting your, was the it your lye and your oils? That's called Correct. The Sage. TheSage.com. TheSage.com. T-H-E-S-A-G-E.com. If you do canning, it works really good for this. Normally when I make soap, I have a pot that's this big. So I usually put this on the floor so I don't have to hold my pot way up. But I have a little pot today. I'm only making one, two. I normally make four to eight tubes at a time. And this is where you want to make sure this is tight. I have taught classes that they didn't put that lid on tight. And we had soap squirting out the bottom. And we've got, I don't, I don't have it calculated with me here. I do in my bag. But we've got probably over $20 in 
the essential oil and the oils and the lye. And so you don't want to spill it. You got gold in here. Any other questions? I want to praise God because when I did this at home, it took me 20 minutes from start to finish from the get-go. And I said, oh, Lord, please help me. There's going to be tons of questions, and I only have an hour. And I can't believe you guys aren't asking questions. I have a question. Yes. Um, I noticed that um, in the beginning, sorry, I got here a little late, and I wasn't paying attention. You had two solid um, oils that were melting. I know one was coconut oil, but what was the other oil? Okay. For this recipe, we have 10 ounces of palm, again, repeat, take notes, 10 ounces of palm oil, that's a solid, 12 ounces of coconut oil, that's another solid. I melted the two solids into the pot until they were liquid. At that point, I added the olive oil, it was semi-liquid, it was kind of cold, so it looked jelly. Um, at that point, we added that. And that varies. This is a very basic soap. Seventeen olive. If you get on their website or somewhere, they have this email handout. Okay, so I'm going to show you now what I do. Um, normally at home, I would have either a plastic bag or another test cap, and I just kind of put it over the top to save my towel from getting yuck or my blanket or whatever I use. Oops. And I just wrap this like a burrito. And I brought red because red means what? What does red mean, children? Danger. How, how many ounces of your oatmeal? Oatmeal, I have a quarter, um, yes, a quarter cup. And that's just my preference. You can add more, you can add less. I don't like too much, but I do want to see it. I do want to feel it on my skin. Janita, I have a little question. I have... You have taught me to make this soap, and I have been making it. And then I read also that vegetable-based oils, they're usually soft. Tallow, which is an animal fat, usually harder soaps. Is there any way to improve the, you know, to make it more drier, this particular soap? Uh, all vegetable-based, because it kind of melts a little bit after using it. Make a drier feeling, like right. the soap? so it doesn't melt, so to speak. To make it harder, harder, I would I'd probably add a higher content of coconut, okay. coconut oil. And on that website, we can just plug yeah, in. Yeah, you can can change the, and play with it. Okay. I wouldn't if you're trying to achieve something. Don't go make a big batch like this. Right. Make three ounces, two ounces, five ounces, and experiment. And then once you get the soap, the feel that you like, then multiply it times however much you want to increase your recipe. Because otherwise you're putting a lot of money into something that might not work. But 
I just want to let everybody know that we've been, our family, exclusively using this recipe for probably 10 years, and we really love it. And it's really moisturizing on the skin. You never chapped hands in the winter. It's a, it's really wonderful recipe. I want to thank all of you for being good listeners. Please ask questions. Feel free to experiment. Anything, any spice that's in your kitchen cabinet, you can add it to your soap, okay? I have put turmeric. I have put charcoal. I have made, oops, I left it in. I found a rosemary somewhere on the campus, and I broke a twig. I made what I called an herb soap. It had rosemary and oregano, a kitchen soap, you know, like you peel garlic and you want to get that garlic smell off of you, that soap worked really good. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. So I've just recently started making soap, and I've had a few soaps crack on the top, and I haven't yet figured out why. Can you um, tell me if you've had that happen to you, or what might that be happening? You had it crack on the top of the mold? On top of the soap. So I, so I had the soap in the mold, and I could see it because it was... Did you have it covered? I did. I have had it covered before. You might mm-hmm. want to cover it more because it's like a volcano erupting. Mm-hmm. It's getting cool on the outside, and the inside's still very hot. So you want it... It's the way God created crystals. He put it inside a rock, and they cool slowly, and as they cool, you have real smooth crystals. But when things cool really fast, then they tend to be ugly and odd shape. So you you really want to help it to cool slowly. Mm -hmm. And if it's a flat mold, then it's going to cool a lot faster because you only have an inch, an inch and a half Mm -hmm. of oil. So it's going to cool really fast. So Personally, I think you really want to insulate it. Okay. Whether um, like newspaper, a layer of cardboard, something that is going to make it cool a lot slower. Okay. Um, One more question. You talked a little bit about using pearl um, tapioca. Um, Can you expand a little bit on how you go about using that and when when you add it? You add all. You add all your additives at trays. When it when you start getting that glossy look, and when you drip your oil over the top and it looks like gravy with lines on it, you stop stirring. You add your essential oil, your honey, your oatmeal, your charcoal, whatever you're adding at that, that's called trace, at trace, at a light trace, not a heavy trace. You don't want it to be real thick because then you can't stir it. You want it to be still kind of runny, but starting to thicken. Thank you. Um, I have another question. You mentioned that um, the sodium, the lye made with sodium is for hard soap, and then the potassium one is for liquid soap. Have you made liquid soap before? No. No? No, I have never attempted liquid soap. I I have had some of my students go past their teacher, and I encourage you to do that, and try um, potassium hydroxide instead of sodium hydroxide. They made liquid soaps. I have never tried it. The only way that I have used this soap is that I have shredded it and added it to water, and then it makes, I don't want to sound gross, but it's a thick, almost jelly, slimy, Uh but it works. Oh, okay. Okay. But I I prefer it like this. Something I want to mention, 
don't think that because your soap is a year old that it's ruined. As long as it doesn't smell rancid, the harder the soap, the longer it's gonna last when you put it in your shower. I mean, you're gonna use it, it's gonna melt, it's gonna do its job on your body, but then when you set it, it's gonna be hard. When the water hits it, it's not gonna melt away right away. So the harder your bar of soap is, the longer it's gonna last. Are we done? No more questions? What a wonderful group of students. How soon after you make the soap are you, do you use it? Good question. How long is it after I make the soap from here to here? Six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. Personally, because I sell soap, I don't want somebody to tell me, I used your bar of soap and it chapped my skin off because the lye was still somewhat active. So I wait six to eight weeks. I taught a class to some dear Amish friend of mine, the ones that originally introduced me to soap making. And once I learned how to do what she called body soap instead of laundry soap, she wanted me to teach her. And within a week, they were using that body soap. But, you know, they do things a little different. I, wanted to make sh I want to make sure that it's good and the pH level has dropped and that lye solution has evaporated. You will lose. That's why you add a little more. If you're wanting a soap to smell real nice, you add a little more essential oil because some will dissipate, some will leave. In our home, I have the blessing to have a soap room. I have a room that's gonna, it's going to have a little sink and counter and I have shelves. And when I cut my bars of soap, I have shelves that I put a layer of wax paper and I lay these bars of soap on the wax paper to cure for six to eight weeks. The whole house smells wonderful because of these soaps. Just a you simple question. I have never, never, ever made soap, so I have, uh, it's my first time and I love it. So uh, the, basic, the, the main oils that you're using here are, are what makes the soap then, but the essential oil that you use is just to give it, you know, the, the aroma, the smell, and does it affect the chemistry of the soap? or? It's just for okay, the essential oil is not so much for the smell, mm -hmm. but for the benefit of it. Okay. Tea tree essential oil is made from twigs and leaves that grow in Australia. I, that's what I understand. And it's, it helps with fungus. Okay. It helps with bacteria. It helps with, you know, dandruff. It, it helps to relieve a lot of skin issues that I might be fighting. So I want that to benefit when I put, I don't just want soap to clean me, I want it to be good for me. Yeah. And that's something I want to share because we Thank are you. here not only to learn things for our physical body, but also for our spiritual body. Our only cleansing agent is Jesus Christ. He is the true cleansing agent. Jeremiah 2.22 says, For though you wash me with nitre, which translated would be soda or lye, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord. Don't just wash with soap on the outside. Have Jesus wash it on the inside. 
Uh, lye has been used for cleaning agent for centuries. Do you know how to make lye? Has anyone? Do you burn wood? You ever get poison ivy? You know how to get rid of poison ivy? You take clean, healthy ashes from your stove. You don't want to burn a um, piece of roofing, or you just want good hardwood ashes. You take those ashes, you mix it with water, and you rub it on your poison ivy. What are you doing? You're taking the base in the water, and then it's cooling. Poison ivy is an oil that gets in our skin, basically, and we're trying to get it out. And when you put ashes, which is potassium, potassium hydroxide in your skin, it will pull the oil from the poison ivy out from your skin, okay? So you take ashes, you make a paste, you rub it wherever it might be, you put it on several times, and it will pull the poison ivy out. So how do we make ashes? I mean, how do we make lye? Take ashes, straw, rocks, you want good layer, and you put those ashes on top. This is how the old timers used to do it. In a barrel, and you pour water over all those ashes, and it will leach at the bottom the liquid. That would be a lye solution. It can burn, but it's, it's potassium hydroxide. This is sodium hydroxide. This is, that is what you would use for a liquid soap. If you have a stove, for example, I have a glass stove in our cabin, and when you spill something and it cooks on it, it's a mess to clean, take some ashes, moisturize it with water, use that as a paste. It will not scratch your glass, and it'll pull that oil right out. It works great. Any other questions? I got two minutes. Are we all yes, ma'am. I, as of right now, I use Now brand. Now, N-O-W. No, okay. My husband usually buys it because I make lots of soap. I use a quarter of a 16-ounce bottle every time I make soap. Where do you get them online? On eBay, usually. He just finds the cheapest place and buys it. Okay, I got to clean up. I appreciate all your questions. I hope I was clear. Feel free to ask questions. I don't want anybody getting hurt trying to play with this. Make it fun. Enjoy it. Bring your children in. Just do it in a safely manner. We're to be wise as serpent, yes, we are harmless as dove. Thank you so much. God bless. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.